0: storytelling and listening to stories uh specifically the spoken word is very therapeutic and then you say you know what fuck it just fuck it and you just let go and and let it be all organic and and just like whatever fuck comes out we'll just see what happens you know and They're often the best takes. Hi everybody, my name is Sarah Minnick. I am an actress most recently known for my role in Army of the Dead, the Zack Snyder Cut. And uh, what an adventure that was, I'll tell you all about it. But a little bit about me, I have been acting technically since 2005, but I took a hiatus and made a lot of crazy life mistakes and then came back and started up again in 2011. I got back into the acting world on the TV show, Breaking Bad, which a lot of people are familiar with. And what really got me back into it was a small role where I was working with Aaron Paul and dancing in a party scene. And I just, I fell in love with the entire process of being on set and uh, getting to know all of these creative, amazing artist people, and ever since then, I've slowly been building my resume and in the past year or two, I actually started working not only in New Mexico, but as well as California and uh, the sky's the limit. So here I come.
1: <laughs> so did you take a break uh, because like you stopped liking acting or like how, how did that happen? And maybe like the first thing that you liked about act- acting in the beginning uh, changed and What was the process here?
0: Yeah, let me tell you. So in 2005, I graduated from high school, valedictorian in California, that's where I grew up. And uh, I got into UCLA as a creative writing major. And I was very excited about that, but we couldn't afford it. And so I didn't go to UCLA. However, I had planned for 10 plus years to go there ever since I was very young, very young, unusually young. I was planning where I wanted to go to college. And when I didn't get in, It really broke my heart. Right around the same time, and this is all related, I promise, right around the same time, I auditioned for an acting role on a feature film, an independent feature film called Spring Break Massacre. And I somehow, first acting audition I'd ever done, got the lead. And so I went out to Illinois, and again, this is all sort of happening concurrently. And I went out to Illinois and spent two weeks there filming this independent feature and just had the most fun I had ever had in my life. I, I had no I had no concept of what it was actually like to be a lead character in a feature film and the process. And, and at this point I was very young and immature. I was barely 18 years old and I had no idea what I was doing. So anyway, All of this happened at once, I fell in love with acting, but then I didn't get into UC, I got in, but I didn't get to go to UCLA. And after this acting experience and then not uh, being able to go to UCLA, I I went through this really severe depression Mm. and ran away from home and uh, went to LA and made a lot of mistakes Uh, (laughs) that I won't go into here. And kind of decided that my career was over and that I had done such terrible things that I wouldn't ever be able to act again or show my face on camera again. Mm -hmm. And finally, after I want to say maybe four years, I said, you know what? I'm going to go to New Mexico and give it another try. Mm -hmm. And so I went to New Mexico where my father and stepmother had moved. And after a little bit of time, finally started getting into little roles. And so, no, to answer your question, I did not get tired of acting. I just, my heart was so broken because my dreams for so long hadn't really been able to come to fruition that uh, I kind of just gave up. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But uh, there's something so interesting there because you know, there's this idea of oh, there we go. My light decides to uh, flake no out. Now. But uh, <laughs> I was saying that you know, there's this idea almost of uh, of fate, right? Because something didn't turn out the way you wanted it to. Mm-hmm. But that kind of hiatus you spoke of led you to to a role in Breaking Bad that led you to a SAG contract because you were dancing on Aaron Paul himself. So yeah. <laughs> kind of. How do you view, you know, the the kind of off periods or the dark periods? Do you think that we all have to go through that to get what we really want? Or is that just a detour?
0: I think that I would not be the person I am today or the actress I am today if I hadn't gone through some of the things that I have gone through in my life. And those absolutely make me. And I believe that actors in general, artists in general, creatives in general, have to experience really dark things to be able to access really bright and beautiful and light things and i'm not saying i'm not saying i wish suffering on anyone by any means i'm simply saying that suffering is a natural part of the journey if you think about it uh there there isn't really light without dark there's not really dark without light right and so it's it's a it's a trade and it's it's part of it's part of the equation
1: and do you think there is like a healthy way to do it uh like instead of Being depressed and like putting on 100 pounds um, when something (laughs) bad happens, you can just, you know, uh, use the process instead of letting the depression use you. I I don't know if it makes sense, you know, but- No,
0: I I know exactly what you're saying.
1: As as creative fuel, you know?
0: Sure, sure. I think you can get there.
1: Mm.
0: I think you definitely can get there, but but I think that it takes a, a, a lot of maturity and a lot of experience and a lot of trial and error to get to a point in one's life where you can take uh, what we perceive to be as failures, what we perceive to be as obstacles, what we perceive to be as problems, and turn them and use them. I I mean, I I don't know very many people who are set up to do that from day one. Uh, I think that it takes takes a good amount of time to get to a point where you can do that kind of transitional thinking.
2: Okay. And um, I must say, I, I had the pleasure of watching your your showreel. And oh, nice. I saw a few scenes which, which I thought were, let's say, very interesting to another actor like myself because you have such a kind of poise and calm in front of the camera. Oh, and thank you. even, oh, with pleasure, but I think that that is kind of your mark, you know, your individuality, that you're composed so that your characters have the kind of let's say liberty to not be you know what i mean Mm. and Mm. uh, i wanted to ask you about that process is that something that you got more and more comfortable with or is it or was that kind of composure in front of the camera innate and do you think that talents sometimes are just from nature or do you think that nurture has something to do with it as well
1: oh
0: that's a beautiful question i absolutely think that it can Arise naturally from a being to be creative and comfortable and free in front of the camera in front of an audience. I do also believe that to some extent nurture can play a role, of course, to answer your question specifically about me. Thank you. First, and secondly, um, I definitely had both nature and nurture here's the nature part and i'll tell you a little funny story because i think you'll get a kick out of it Mm -hmm. last night i went down a rabbit hole of looking at old photos and i found all of the photos from the day i was born Mm -hmm. and my father was a photographer he still is a photographer and he was there at the birth and for Europeans, this probably seems no problem. For most Americans, though, you don't usually see cameras right up in the birth canal, and um, and he's just there taking all these pictures of my mother pushing me out of her vagina, <laughs> and, and it was just—it's beautiful. And so, really, when I say I've been in the in front of the camera since day one, <laughs> I literally mean that. <laughs> so the, the the nature aspect is that, sure. I think that I was born with an affinity for performance. Nurture, yes, I think that I was introduced to the camera from a very early age. And uh, as, as I went through life and had different experiences that were both glorious and terrifying, I became more and more comfortable with myself. And there's another thing. I really think that when people experience great hardship, they experience an increase in empathy and when mm. you have empathy i believe when you when you increase your empathy when you are able to touch on the empathetic connection between human beings i think that that maybe allows you to be a better actor mm. and 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 i think that has something to do with it
1: mm-hmm. and uh, i'm curious because we talked a lot about Le- uh, with leo about that uh, staying healthy as an actor and you know, being in front of the camera and just breaking character and just going home and splitting your life, you know? So how do you do on, like, what do you do on a daily basis to stay healthy, like keep a good mindset, all that?
0: Well, I do a few things. Number one, I exercise a decent amount because I really believe that that keeps the serotonin flowing. Uh, probably five to six days a week, I do high intensity interval training. And then I also try to eat clean because I've noticed that when I eat a lot of sugar or drink alcohol or uh, just eat a lot of salt, it, it it not only affects my physical appearance, but can change my energy level and change my motivation. Yeah. And so that's something I try to do. I'm not always successful, <laughs> <laughs> but I do my best with that. Um, and then on top of that, I go to therapy, you know, I, I mean, I, I have a great therapist that I really love and uh, helps me work through a lot of the, uh, the the trials that come with being an actor and tapping into other experiences and other mindsets. Mm-hmm. So for example, I just did a short film with a brilliant filmmaker by the name of Andy Kostelik. And I played a, I don't wanna go into too much detail, but I, I played a woman A dying woman with cholera and uh, I had to do this performative dance type thing and and the way that I act my methodology has something to do with uh, putting myself in the thought process of the character and so with that there's a little bit of danger because I think that our thoughts become our words become our actions and so I have to really be careful about the kind of thoughts that I'm introducing into my mind and how I'm allowing those to permeate into reality mm. as opposed to uh, my, my acting life, right? Mm. And so I, I discuss these things with my therapist and I make a conscious effort to negotiate what is reality and what is make-believe. Mm. And uh, I also listen to audiobooks a lot. And that may seem like, wait, how does that have to do with mental health? But I I really believe that storytelling and listening to stories, uh, specifically the spoken word is very therapeutic uh, for for the mind. And um, I think that as a storyteller myself, listening to other stories being told helps me to maybe compartmentalize, maybe that's not a good word, but compartmentalize my own storytelling so that I can maintain a healthy boundary, a healthy distance.
2: Mm. I'm so happy that we touched upon, you know, mental health and uh, mindset and therapy, because I feel like as actors, there are so many like hazards that you're exposed to. And for example, most notably the classic, okay, if you have something that, that, that lands well with critics, you're kind of afraid to, to do another movie because now you, you have a reputation and you don't want to damage that. And do you still have that even having been or having a role on a spinoff of Breaking Bad, which is like, you know, it's a continuation. So did that kind of help you to get over that kind of actor's anxiety that we can have to actually try to do something again, because that came off of something great as well?
0: I will say this, I have been very fortunate in that I have not had a lot of experience with anxiety about how my roles will be perceived, mm. but I have had one or two experiences, and I will tell you. I did a TV show called Waco, which was based on the uh, Waco incident in Texas uh, that I, that b- took place, I believe, in the 90s, uh, 80, late 80s, early 90s. And this is based on true events. This, this story was based on true events. And shortly after doing this film, I received a letter in the mail from an attorney. And the attorney said, uh, on, the, on, the, on behalf of the interests of my client, which was the woman I was playing, the real-life woman I was playing, uh, were, were requesting a cease and desist for, I don't know how to explain it in, in great detail here, but basically they, they got a hold of the network and the producers and the actor and a bunch and threatened to sue all of us because for defamation of character because of the way the character was being portrayed. And what ended up happening is my role, which was this huge, amazing role was just squashed down into like one or two scenes. And it really broke my heart. Um, And so when you talk about anxiety, That is one of the only times that I've had pretty severe anxiety associated with a role because I was really afraid that I was going to get in a lot of trouble for, you know, and I'm following the script. I'm just doing what I'm being told as an actor to do, but it's scary. Uh, Mm. But in terms of what you're talking about, for instance, putting something out that's excellent and and then being afraid that the next thing you put out won't live up to it. I'm sure that's going to come soon, but it hasn't quite—it hasn't quite come for me yet. And, uh, but thank you for bringing it up because now I will try to be conscious of that.
2: <laughs> I mean, I hope not too much, but uh, <laughs> not to The here, but yeah. um, so tell me about Army of the Dead because that is, I mean, to me, a huge comic fan, so interesting and also, you know, working with all these great actors and Zack Snyder who I believe to be one of the top storytellers in terms of retelling stories that have already been written. How how has your experience been on that set so far? I know that's a big question, but I'm curious.
0: I had so much fun on that set. And Zack Snyder was really a pleasure to work with. Um, He was friendly. He was open. He was non-judgmental. He treated me like like a, a colleague and not like an underling. He didn't talked down to me, he was, you know, sometimes you get on sets with very famous people and they're like, what are you doing? You know, and it's very, (laughs) there's this kind of like, uh, you know, judgment energy coming and, and, and you have to really work hard to not take it personally, because it's not about you. They, they just have a lot on their plate. But, um, but Zack Snyder was I mean, he was just great. Like you could sit down, this is, this is a guy you could sit down around like a campfire and yeah. just talk for hours with, or that you could sit down and have a, a, a drink with or whatever for however many hours. I mean, it was, it was really, really enjoyable to work with him. And I know that, that he has both a lot of good and a lot of bad press. And I'm mm. like, I don't see what the problem is. He's a great storyteller. Sure, he's not everyone's style but neither is, is neither are half of the filmmakers out there. They're not everyone's style. And so when I got on set, um, I was a little nervous, to be honest, because, you know, that's a, that's a very, very renowned writer, director, executive producer. And I was like, hey, you know what? Let it go, Sarah, you can do this. Go in there and kill it, girl. And, <laughs> and I, I, <laughs> I got on set and he let me improv he let me improv in the scene and i was just like ah you know like just like the angels sing when directors give you any sort of creative freedom and so yeah. uh you know and he just he just he let me do my job and i mean he directed me of course but at the same time he 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 gives he gave me at least as an actor and it seemed like he was doing the same for the other actors a, a lot of creative freedom and it was just It was wonderful. And it was the set that we were in. Um, we were in this teeny airplane, this private airplane, and there's no room in there. Okay. Mm -hmm. So think about it being maybe six feet across, but then you have two rows of chairs. Mm -hmm. So you've got a one and a half foot aisle, you've got Zack Snyder was running camera. So he's got this big camera, right? And he's kind of doing, you know, they put it on the shoulder and he's got that. And he's kind of like sitting in the chair, trying to film this scene. That's right on the, 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 the tray table that you, that that's there where I put the food down and pour the champagne. And, uh, the, the gentleman that I was working with, you know, he's a big guy, <laughs> and you know, he's a big muscly dude. And, you know he's taking up space, and then we've got the sound guy, and then we've got the the uh, scripty was in there, and I mean it was in, and it was me, and then another actress who was was playing the the assistant uh, f- f- a stewardess, and I mean it was intense, and it was
2: hot (laughs) at
0: one point it was like 95 degrees um i i don't know what that is in celsius off the top of my head Uh, apologies there but it
2: it was like
0: (laughs) it was really hot and you know we're in here just like you know and then rolling between just you know and they would turn the air conditioning on and it would run for 30 seconds and then they'd cut it off and we'd do the scene again Mm -hmm. and then at one point um I'm having, I'm drawing a name blank because I'm so excited to talk to you too, but the gentleman that I was working with, let's see if I can find his name really quick because I'm just drawing a blank here, not Omari Hardwick, is it? Let me see. Yeah, I think it was Omari Hardwick. The gentleman I was working with, Yes, that's who it is. Amari Hardwick is the guy that I said is this huge dude. (laughs) He's he's just, he's gorgeous. And he's just got this wonderful, masculine, confident energy. And he's just like, oh man, you know, it's, it's, it was not, it did not hurt my feelings to work with him. And at one point I have to pull him up out of his chair. Okay. This is maybe a 200 pound of muscle dude. Okay. He's not, (laughs) he was not light and so you can hear in the scene i'm going okay get up here and it's because <laughs> i'm literally trying to pull this big dude out of this seat and um and he he kind of let me have a little of his weight i'm sure it was like not even a quarter of his weight but he let me have a little of his weight and i was just like <sighs> straining <laughs> <his mouth. laughs> and then at one point i remember he said to me I think I think I was a little nervous on the first take, if I remember correctly. And he's like, he looks at me and he goes, "Just talk, just talk to me." And I was like, "Okay." And so, <laughs> and so I did, and that's when we were able to improv a bit. And it was just, it was so awesome. It was so awesome to answer your question. Did I answer your question fully, or did I go off on
2: you a did. tangent? You really did. That's like, you
1: did. <laughs> I, I think you answered the question and much more. Like that was great. Great. Yeah. great great so i'm curious like how do you balance anxiety nervousness and having fun you know we we talked about that with leo before uh you know when you go to auditions it's usually a paradox you know uh when you're super anxious to get the role uh you're not going to get the role but if you just go there have fun you're probably going to get the role uh how do you manage that
0: preparation Mm
1: -hmm. so
0: what i've what i've learned is the more i prep the more I can let go of my prep and just play. Mm-hmm. And the less I prep, the more I think about prepping and then I don't play. <laughs> and so if I'm prepped, it's just like, whatever, let's just have fun, okay, whatever. you know. And that's what we did. That's what I did in the, in the, the Army of the Dead audition. It was crazy. So we, I walk in and it's this big room and I went up against two other girls who were at the callback, and uh, women, pardon me. And uh, I'm sitting in the waiting room with these two women and finally, they call us in, and I walk into this big conference room, and there's this huge table. I mean, this table could have like been in Game of Thrones, but it was <laughs> very modern looking. And it was just this huge, long table. And on the, the left side of the table, and I'm standing over here at the end of the table, probably three or four feet away from it. And on one side, there's Zack Snyder, and a big wig producer, and then the casting director, who I'm very comfortable and familiar with. And I mean, he, he just, it's the coolest thing when you go into an audition and they just want to talk to you. Just like, so, so tell me, what do you think? Tell me about yourself. And I'm just like, okay, you know, and, and I just, just talk and I'm just having the time of my life. And so finally I was like, do you want to, do you want to see the scene? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, great. You know, and then I, I did the scene and that was that. Um, but you can tell when directors are happy usually. Not always, mm. but usually, um, I've noticed sometimes with television, it's harder. But with feature films, you can almost always tell when directors are happy because you just see it. You know, as actors, we're we're trained to to look at to to the thoughts that are underneath different facial expressions and the and the energy that people are putting out. And and at the end of it, he was laughing. The producer was laughing. The casting director was laughing. I was laughing. I mean, and so I just I knew it was good. So sorry, I went on a tangent there, but, but my point being is that I really believe if you can let go, which is so hard, it's so hard to let go sometimes because we, we want this all so bad. We yeah. want it so bad. And, and um, but if we can let go and just be like, who cares? Fuck it. Pardon my language. Um, you know, my, my coach, Leslie Kahn, she talks about, can I cuss?
2: yeah sure yeah, okay. yeah, yeah go for it my
0: my my coach Leslie Kahn has this concept of fuck it takes and so you 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 do a take and and you you put all of your technicals in and and then you say you know what fuck it just fuck it and you just let go and and let it be all organic and and just like whenever fuck comes out we'll just see what happens you know and they're often the best takes
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: so yeah, yeah.
2: Mm, I, I love the idea of fuck it takes I I um I'm actually familiar with Leslie, but I had never heard her say that. And just now, just, uh, just you telling me about this is just bringing back memories. But um, what do you think are some of the like, kind of positive repercussions that being trained as an actor has on your life as an individual and not as an actress? You know, like, for example, The Fuck It Takes. Do you have moments in life where you're like, well, you know what? Let's, let's do a fuck it take right now. Let's walk in there and have fun act like another character while I'm getting milk or whatever, do you have any, anything like that?
0: I think that the benefit of training as an actor, of exploring your creative side as an actor, comes in being at peace with life. It, it, it comes into play in, in being like, you know what? I think one of my biggest life lessons, the, one of the biggest things I'm trying to learn in this life is stop trying to have control because I have a control issue where I'm trying to control what happens. And acting has helped me in my personal life to start to let go a little. Be like, you know what, fuck it. There's, can I do something about this? No, I can't. So what are you gonna do about it? Nothing, great, let's move on.
2: <laughs>
0: so that's how it's helped me.
1: <laughs> All right, Sarah, uh, I think we can end here. So like whatever you got going on in your life, you can promote, uh, it's your time. <laughs>
0: Okay, awesome. So I do have some films coming out that I'm really excited about. If y'all want to take a look at Netflix here in October, I have a film coming out called Intrusion. I have a great role in that. Uh, It is a thriller kind of thing. And I think people are really going to enjoy it. Um, Again, Netflix, October. And then I just did a film with Charles Murray, director Charles Murray, that I'm also very excited about called The Devil You Know. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the main archetypes that I've been playing lately is the uh, reporter, the news anchor type of character and so we'll see a little bit of more of me in that kind of role uh you all can follow me on instagram it's at Sarah.minic. um i i tried twitter but i'm really bad at it (laughs) so you can try twitter but i don't think you're gonna get much from me there because i suck at it so um i would recommend if you want to know what's going on in my career to check out instagram um i also have a facebook fan page and uh yeah I'm uh, gonna be back in LA here in a bit and doing all kinds of fun, exciting stuff. Training with Leslie Kahn, recommended to everyone. And uh, please keep
2: your eyes open. You never know what's coming.